Hello, and welcome to Episode 4 of the Hydrogen Nowcast, recorded on May 31st, 2020. This is a podcast devoted to encouraging the deployment of fuel cell EVs, hydrogen fueling, and hydrogen infrastructure throughout the world. The Hydrogen Nowcast is a production of the Colorado Hydrogen Network in Denver, Colorado. In each podcast, we'll interview the people, organizations, companies, and municipalities that are working to produce or deploy hydrogen infrastructure. We'll discuss their plans and strategies, successes, and lessons learned. Our intent is to encourage and motivate others to take charge to help deploy hydrogen as a means to decarbonize the transportation and energy sectors and accelerate the movement to stop climate change. I'm your host, Brian DeBruin, with the Colorado Hydrogen Network in Denver. In today's podcast, we'll listen to an interview that our co-host, Charlotte Hamilton, recorded with Jennifer Beach, who's the Chief Operating Officer of Starfire Energy. Starfire Energy develops modular systems to create carbon-free ammonia. Now, on to the interview. Hello, everyone. My name is Charlotte Hamilton, and I'm the Communications Director of Colorado Hydrogen Network. Our guest today is Jennifer Beach, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Starfire Energy. Jennifer, thank you so much for talking with us. Could you give us a quick summary of your background? Hello, everyone. Thank you, Charlotte and Brian, for the invitation to join this Colorado Hydrogen Network podcast. My primary background is in project and program management. I've managed projects as small as a few tens of thousands of dollars and a handful of team members to programs spanning several years valued in the tens of millions of dollars. I hold a bachelor's degree in business management and a master's degree in technology management from the University of Denver. I've held my project management professional certification since 2002 and also have a certification in organizational change management. I've consulted for companies all around the Denver metro area, including telecommunications, medical, oil and gas, and construction. I have a passion for people and communications, a mind for detail, and love to inspire others to achieve their own goals. You're with Starfire Energy. How did you come to work there? I actually co-founded Starfire Energy in 2007. We started out as a solar installation company when most customers and building departments were still figuring out the aspects of rooftop solar. I migrated back into consulting when my co-founder took over running the company in 2012. In 2016, Starfire Energy moved from solar projects to clean fuel R&D, and I returned full-time in 2018 as the Chief Operating Officer. For our listeners who are newer to hydrogen, I wanted to offer a couple of technical details about it. Hydrogen is the lightest, simplest, and most commonly found chemical element in the universe, making up around 75% of its elemental mass. Hydrogen is found in large amounts in giant gas planets and stars, and plays a key role in powering stars through fusion reactions. At room temperature and under standard pressure conditions, hydrogen is a gas that is tasteless, odorless, and colorless. Hydrogen is used to power a range of new alternate fuel vehicles. And Jennifer's got some additional hydrogen information for us. Well, thanks, Charlotte. Um, Hydrogen is a clean source of energy. However, storing it and transporting it cost-effectively is difficult. In its natural form, as a gas, it takes up a great deal of space. This makes it difficult to use unless it can be gathered and compressed or chilled into a more usable density. But to do either of those things takes a lot of energy. Compressed hydrogen 
is typically stored between 5,000 and 10,000 PSI. To imagine that kind of PSI, take two mid-sized cars, let's say the two that are in your family or maybe your neighbors, and squash them down to one inch square. Alternatively, hydrogen can be densely stored as a liquid. To do this, it must be cooled to negative 253 degrees Celsius and kept at that temperature. To imagine that, take the kind of cold you think of on the coldest night on Pluto ever and then think even colder yet. The light energy density of hydrogen challenges us and that's where ammonia comes into play. Mm. Well, Jennifer, you haven't told us yet about Starfire Energy's clean tech. So thank you, Shalek. Um, Starfire Energy makes systems that generate clean ammonia by harvesting hydrogen from water, nitrogen from the air, and combining them in a reactor that can be connected directly to clean energy sources like wind or solar. It turns out that ammonia is an excellent carrier of hydrogen. It takes up about one third the space of 10,000 PSI hydrogen gas and about half the space of liquid hydrogen. It takes liquid form at just negative 33 degrees Celsius, which is a cold day in the northern climates of planet Earth. It also takes liquid form at only 150 PSI. So if you go to your local hardware store and shop the compressors there, you'll see that they work at 150 PSI. When it comes to economics, let's compare the storage of hydrogen and ammonia in liquid forms. Ammonia is a natural refrigerant, so stores for long periods relatively inexpensively. If we store ammonia for six months, it would cost just 54 cents per kilogram of stored hydrogen in that ammonia. If we stored hydrogen in liquid form for six months, it would cost $14.95 per kilogram of stored hydrogen. That's more than a 27 times cost savings. Wow. It's amazing. Given that this is a podcast for the Colorado Hydrogen Network, I think I understand now why we're talking today about ammonia. So can you tell us more about ammonia? Sure. Ammonia is made up of one nitrogen and three hydrogen. Our atmosphere is 78% nitrogen, so it is a plentiful and easily accessed element. Ammonia is one of the most produced chemicals in the world today, with about 180 million tons uh, manufactured annually. Ammonia is made using something called the Haber-Bosch process, which was invented early in the 1900s. Most ammonia is used as a fertilizer, and it's estimated that one-third of the world's population is alive because of the Haber-Bosch process. In fact, it is entirely likely that one half of the nitrogen in your body came from ammonia produced using Haber-Bosch process. Ammonia is also a refrigerant, a cleaner, and is used by high-tech and textile industries and many others. As it turns out, it can also be used directly for the hydrogen in it. In the 1890s, there were ammonia-powered trolley cars in New Orleans. In the 1920s, there were ammonia-powered engines. In 1935, there came an ammonia-powered truck. In the 1940s, there were ammonia-powered bus service in Belgium. And in the 1950s and 60s, and this one's pretty cool, the X-15 rocket plane used ammonia, and that plane still holds altitude and speed records. And since then, ammonia has been demonstrated in trucks, cars, and long-haul semi-trucks. 
It's also being co-fired with coal in Japan to produce cleaner electricity there. Over this past year, there has been a lot of movement in the maritime industry to move to ammonia as an overseas shipping fuel. Ammonia can be burned in place of fossil fuels and heating applications in industries such as glass, cement, and steel. And ammonia can go through a process called cracking that allows it to revert back to nitrogen and hydrogen, and the hydrogen can then be compressed and used in hydrogen fuel cells and other hydrogen heating applications. This is fascinating. Um, you mentioned the stored cost of hydrogen compared to ammonia, but what about the cost of making ammonia compared to just storing the hydrogen on its own? So to answer that, we need to take a quick sidestep into the prices of renewable energy. Multiple wholesale electricity suppliers have confirmed with us that prices for wind-generated power in the central U.S. will continue to fall, and we can expect to see power purchase agreements for just one cent per kilowatt hour in the next few years. It is affordable, renewable electricity that allows us to economically make clean ammonia. Starfire Energy also has a lower temperature cracker that reduces the energy needed to revert ammonia back to hydrogen. Our cost models are showing more than a 20% savings on the price per kilogram of hydrogen generated from our clean ammonia systems and used in hydrogen applications. And you make a distinction of calling your ammonia clean. Can you talk more about that? Absolutely. Um, let me return for a short time to the Haber-Bosch process and a little bit of a history lesson. So the Haber-Bosch process was first invented in 1909 in Germany by Fritz Haber. In 1910, Karl Bosch, working for the company BASF, succeeded in scaling up the technology. In 1913, an industrial facility was built, um, and by 1914, it was producing 20 tons of ammonia per day. In 1918, Haber was awarded a Nobel Prize for his work, and in 1931, Bosch was similarly recognized. Okay, now for a little bit of information about the Haber-Bosch process itself. So the way ammonia is created is that you take purified hydrogen and purified nitrogen and you send them together into a reactor. The reactor contains a catalyst that is typically heated to a particular activation temperature. The hydrogen and nitrogen are forced to interact because they have contact with the catalyst. The result is that three hydrogen bond to a single nitrogen, creating ammonia. For the Haber-Bosch process to make ammonia more cost-effectively, it requires an increase in pressure, and there's two reasons for the high pressure in the process. The first is that there is a greater conversion of hydrogen and nitrogen bonding into ammonia per pass as they go over this catalyst when the pressures are high. The second is that the resulting ammonia is taken out of the chemical process loop as a liquid so the high pressures must be maintained. Haber-Bosch ammonia production is a very steady state process. It takes about three days to ramp all the way up and get it to full production. It can be varied only about 40%, and the catalysts used do not like to be turned off and on again as they can degrade with each cycle. The Haber-Bosch process 
is also energy intensive, and most often natural gas or coal are used to power the process. Natural gas and coal also contain hydrogen, so they are used as feedstock for the Haber-Bosch process. The result of all of this is that on average, two tons of CO2 are created for every one ton of ammonia that's made. In a way, you could say that the process primarily creates CO2 and ammonia is the byproduct. And if we want to move to clean fuels in the future, and ammonia is going to be one of those viable options, either directly or as a carrier of hydrogen, it needs to be made without using carbon-based sources for the hydrogen and for the energy that is used to run the process. Starfire Energy System, called the Rapid Ramp NH3, gets its hydrogen from water, not carbon-based sources, and it uses clean electricity directly. Recall that Haber-Bosch process is very steady state, likes to be the same 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and doesn't like to be turned on or off. Well, Starfire Energy's Rapid Ramp NH3 system uses a fast ramping catalyst that does not degrade when cycled on and off. Its reaction also has a broad range of temperatures and flow rates. But best of all, it is not high pressure. The system operates really well between just 150 PSI, remember we talked about those compressors you can find at your hardware store, and 450 PSI. And this is because the ammonia produced is removed from the system as a gas instead of a liquid. From the hydrogen harvested from water to the energy used to create ammonia, there is no CO2 associated with the rapid ramp NH3 system, so it produces clean ammonia. Just one 50 ton per day rapid ramp NH3 system will produce enough clean ammonia to displace more than 20,000 tons of CO2 each year. That's amazing. Um, you mentioned earlier that ammonia can be made back into hydrogen and nitrogen. Yes. Um, today's ammonia disassociator technology, also known as crackers, typically uses a heated nickel-based catalyst to break the ammonia molecule back into nitrogen and hydrogen. These crackers operate at temperatures between 700 and 900 degrees Celsius. At these temperatures, special metal alloys are needed for the equipment chambers that get hot. These chambers are called retorts. And some retorts are prone to sagging, or they become misshapen over time due to the high temperatures to which they are exposed. Starfire Energy's cracker operates at lower temperatures, about 450 to 600 degrees Celsius. And at these temperatures, you can use stainless steel for the retort and sagging is no longer an issue. Once the ammonia has been sent through the cracker, the hydrogen can be harvested and used for any number of hydrogen applications. When it comes to the applications of hydrogen from ammonia, where do you see market opportunities? While some of Starfire Energy's U.S. market approach is confidential, I can speak to the emerging global market for ammonia as a hydrogen carrier. The two um, examples that come to my mind are Japan and South Korea. These countries are investing heavily in their hydrogen infrastructure. At the same time, they understand that they will need to import their hydrogen. 
Australia is looking to be their country of choice to supply them with hydrogen via ammonia as the carrier. Australia also has vast amounts of renewable energy potential and Starfire Energy's Rapid Ramp NH3 will be a great fit for this use case. When it comes to the U.S. grid storage market, how do you see ammonia playing into it? There are many technologies that will be needed to support each state's renewable energy standards. Batteries are an excellent um, source for short duration, immediate response electricity, but they take up a lot more space than a liquid fuel. Some utility companies are already moving toward hydrogen-powered generators. But as we talked and, and looked at storage, liquid hydrogen for a long, in a long-duration um, scenario is pretty expensive. So affordable seasonal storage is a gap that exists in the U.S. grid storage market, and it's a gap that is best filled by ammonia. Ammonia does not degrade over time like carbon-based fuels, and ammonia storage tanks do not suffer from embrittlement. So ammonia stores reliably and affordably for weeks, months, and longer. There are efforts by companies around the globe to adapt existing generators to ammonia as the fuel, or the ammonia can be cracked back to nitrogen and hydrogen, and the hydrogen used in generators and fuel cells to provide electricity. You mentioned the shipping industry was considering ammonia as fuel. Can you tell us more about that? I can, but it comes with a story. So a year and a half ago, the founders of Starfire Energy were participating in a startup accelerator. We were coached to not worry about capturing any attention in our, in our pitch deck to ammonia as a possible overseas shipping fuel, as that was very pie in the sky, and that the shipping industry was slow to move on things, and nothing was really going to happen there for a long, long time. Well, as it turns out, they were wrong. The shipping industry is making huge strides toward adopting ammonia as its next clean fuel. Already the Korean Register and Lloyd's Register have approved numerous ammonia-powered ship designs. There are pilot ship projects for ammonia-powered vessels in the North Sea and in Asia. And the Korean Register put the value of supporting the shipping industry's changeover to ammonia at a $1.4 trillion infrastructure opportunity. Starfire Energy is working with several firms who are exploring the use of offshore wind to make ammonia for the shipping industry. Speaking of shipping things around, I had heard about moving hydrogen around in natural gas pipelines. Can ammonia be moved via pipelines? So because ammonia has been mass produced for over 100 years, it's got well-established codes, standards, and transportation methods. There are actually more than 3,000 miles of ammonia pipeline in the U.S. already, and building ammonia pipeline is a lot cheaper than many other types of pipeline. How does transporting ammonia by truck compare to transporting hydrogen by truck? So we have done detailed analysis on, this, on the transportation differences here. When we look at moving similar amounts of hydrogen in liquid forms, either as chilled hydrogen or as hydrogen contained in ammonia, we find that the capital investment difference is a significant cost driver. A liquid hydrogen truck and trailer will cost more than five times the cost of an ammonia, um, liquid ammonia truck and trailer. And again, both of them are hauling the same amount of hydrogen. 
You've talked about the systems you're developing. Can you tell us where you are in your development efforts? With generous grants from the Department of Energy's RPE program, the State of Colorado's Office of Economic and International Trade Advanced Industries Grant Program and the Department of Energy's SBIR program, with some help from the founders in a way of matching funds, we've actually taken our catalyst and our technology from the laboratory through proof of concept and have a small but functioning system in our facilities in Aurora, Colorado. Our next step is to scale our rapid ramp NH3 technology by 10 times and place it in a field location near the Denver metro area. This 100 kilogram per day system will be our first product and we'll be taking purchase orders for them in 2021. In 2022, we'll be working on another 10 times scale up and we'll be doing a one ton per day rapid ramp NH3 system. Either of these systems will be excellent pilot systems for companies considering purchase of our 50 ton per day systems, which we will mass manufacture and distribute globally. For anyone interested in our investment rounds, please visit our website at starfireenergy.com. You can use the contact us form there or you can call us directly. If someone wanted to learn more about ammonia as an energy carrier, where could they go for information? The Ammonia Energy Association is a great resource. They have a vast library of articles and factual data. Their website is ammoniaenergy.org. Do you have any closing thoughts? Well, first, I want to thank you and Brian for this opportunity to talk about ammonia as a hydrogen carrier and clean fuel on the Colorado Hydrogen Network podcast. Second, I would encourage listeners to visit the Ammonia Energy Association website to learn more. There are many articles with a lot of information in the archives. Third, if anyone listening would like to learn more about Starfire Energy's technologies, please don't hesitate to reach out. We are passionate about clean energy and would love to engage with you. Thank you so much. It's been really interesting talking with you. Thanks for your time. We hope you enjoyed listening to this interview with Jennifer Beach of Starfire Energy. If you liked listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please leave us a rating on the podcast app of your choice. This helps us get discovered by other people. You can learn more about the Colorado Hydrogen Network on our website at colorado-hydrogen.org. Until next time, this is Brian DeBruin wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye.